Welcome to Bible Answers with Philippians 1-9 Ministries. You're listening to Patrick O'Brien. In today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about this idea of being able to know the Word of God so that you can speak it boldly and so that you can dispute and refute false teaching and error, as well as persuade those who are listening to make a decision. Now, to understand this better, we're going to go to a passage in the book of Acts. Acts 19, and we'll be starting in around verse 8. Now, if you're interested in studying through the book of Acts, we do have the entire teaching of the book of Acts on our YouTube channel, Philippians 1-9 Ministries. I encourage you to check it out. Even if you think you are somebody who knows everything there is to know pretty well about the book of Acts, I promise you there's definitely something you're going to find uh, incredible about going through the book of Acts, the way that I chose to go through it in that study. Now, you might be somebody who's tried to read the book of Acts before and you think maybe it's maybe it's a little less than desirable or maybe you've called it boring before and you just can't seem to understand it or get excited about reading it, so you've neglected it. Well, this is your sign, this is your time to go into the book of Acts and study it. I primarily put together this teaching going verse by verse through the entire book of Acts because I felt like it was necessary to make it available due to the uh, the limited amount of studies available freely online to go through the book of Acts. And so this is going to give you that opportunity to study through the book of Acts, but I also did it in such a way that when you go through it, I'm pointing out and emphasizing the areas that are going to refute the false teachings that the New Apostolic Reformation tries to put out, or the Hebrew Roots Movement try to say, and I point out those specific times and instances of what the apostles were actually doing. So I encourage you to go and check that out. Now, back to today's subject. In Acts 19, picking up in verse 8, we're going to see Paul here in the synagogue. And he's been here before in Acts 18. And this whole scenario we see is going to be the longest known ministry of Paul in any synagogue. If you remember, Apollos actually spoke in the same synagogue in Acts 18. You'll see it in verses 24 or 26, just in the chapter prior. But here we're going to see that, you know, well, let's back up. So I say all that to show you that this particular synagogue had a lot of exposure to the gospel. A lot of discussion was happening there. But here we see in in verse 8 of Acts 19, And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, quite a long time, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. So notice here what Paul is doing. Okay, He's, first of all, in all of his ministry and his missionaries trips, he would go to the Jew first, and then the Greek or the Gentile. He would always go to the Jew first. We see that laid out for us in Romans chapter one as well. But that was always his his pattern: the Jew first, and then when the, then when they, you know, hardened their hearts and and kicked him out, he went to the Gentiles in the area. And that's what we'll see in every instance. But here's no different. Here we see him talking in the synagogue. That's why he would go to the synagogue, not because he was worshiping on a particular day or anything. That was because that was where the Jews were on Sabbath. And so that's where he would go to teach them. Now, in light of this, we see a 
couple phrases used here, disputing and persuading. So let us look at that. When we see this idea of disputing or reasoning, it's in the Greek, a, a word that's dialogomai, and it means to converse or discuss, uh, refers to the intellect, using the intellect in our discussion. Now, why is this important? Well, it's important for many reasons, because we see Paul talking to the Jews, these unbelieving Jews, about why Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, and in reference here toward concerning the kingdom of God. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But he's not there in the synagogue having a miracle crusade, a healing crusade. He's not there casting out demons or yelling at the people that they need to have demons casted out. He's not doing any of that. Again, we go into great detail about this on our in our study through the book of Acts. But I just want to have you see that, right? He's actually using his intellect. And he's using the word of God, the scripture, and his teaching. And so what we see him doing is he's appealing to the intellect. Now, the Bible teaches that there is a gift of teaching. The Bible tells us that the apostles were commissioned to teach. Jesus taught the apostles. The apostles are to teach us, and they taught us through the written word of God that we have in the New Testament. And so to have a teacher, you must also have a student. And therefore, all of us are truly students of the Word of God. We're students and have teachers as well. And that requires a intellectual understanding of God's Word, being able to study it. You know, in so many of the charismatic movements and various cults, they actually try to uh, try to discourage heavily becoming a student of God's word. They'll say things like, oh, you don't need to go to Bible college and you don't need to to study and really search the scriptures. You know, the Holy Spirit will just tell you what you need to know when you need to know it. So just go out, do whatever you want. And honestly, that's disgusting. I mean, let's be real, right? When we take, take upon ourselves secular jobs, whether that's going to law school or going to be a a nurse or going to be a doctor or going to be a plumber, electrician, a carpenter, a teacher. And I know I'm missing a whole bunch of career opportunities, but look at this. When we go to those secular jobs, do we not study? Do we not many a times have to go to school to be educated in those areas so that we can then go and learn? Of course. How much more as children of God who are given the wisdom of God now and the access to God's word and the Holy Spirit to help us understand, should we be applying ourselves to studying the word of God? May it not be said of us at the end of our life that we put more of our time and dedication and energy into studying secular things when we should have been studying the word of God. But I digress. So what we have are those that will try to discourage having an intellectual conversation with somebody who is an unbeliever. They'll say things like, well, just just be a servant and, and be Jesus and let them see Jesus through you. That's not the commission of evangelism. It's not just let them see Jesus, right? Without a preacher, how will they know? Okay. It's hearing comes by, or faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Not faith comes by seeing and seeing a man of God. It comes by hearing because the word of God needs to be preached and the gospel needs to be accurately articulated in context so that they will hear the gospel because the gospel is the power unto salvation. Again, that's going back to Romans chapter one. But interestingly enough, we have Paul here. 
He's disputing. He's reasoning, right? Just like Isaiah 1. Come, let us come together and reason. He's teaching us in this that there's an element for intellectual conversation. And then he also adds this idea of persuading. This refers to the will and convincing them. He's trying to get them to make a decision. Okay, and we see this a lot in evangelism, but primarily in apologetics, where we give a defense for the faith. You may have heard me say before that apologetics is the muscle of theology. Apologetics is what we do to defend the faith and refute false doctrine with sound doctrine. Sound, hugienos, meaning healthy. It's the healthy food. And so often, believers will be caught up in deception and they come out of deception and they will run into a rabbit hole or they'll run into a corner somewhere and they won't want to 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 trust anybody or trust any anything else. And they get very secluded and very lonely. And they can become very much so uh, feeling like they're losing their connection with God or they're losing their purpose. And, you know, they don't even know where to start and they, they might even just feel anxious and depressed. And a large part of that is because when you come out of deception or any deception, you bec- there's an element of fear that happens. But the only thing that any believer coming out of those deceptions can do is get into a studying of God's word to actually intellectually, academically study God's word. Because God's word is our sound doctrine. It's our food. It's our healthy food. We're supposed to eat it. It's also our medicine. It's our light. It's our it's our armor. It's our shield, right? And we could go on and on about that in our sword and, and so on. But today, we're just going to talk about how Paul is using his intellect. Paul didn't just become born again with intellect either. He didn't just have a natural birth and have intellect. He was a student under the school of Hillel, okay? And he was taught under Gamaliel. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew the Old Testament scripture, as well as what the rabbis taught and their oral traditions, which we know today as the Mishnah. So he knew those things. So he was an educated man. And so here he is using the things he knew, because look, he's talking to the Jews. He studied their religion. And mind you, it was not Mosaic Judaism anymore. It became rabbinical Judaism or Talmudic Judaism, where it put an emphasis on what the rabbis said and put an emphasis on tradition and adding things to what was in the Torah or the Law of Moses. So, nonetheless, what we see happening, though, is he is using his understanding of their religion, and he's refuting them with the correct word of God in context, and he's trying to get them to make a decision here. And in the same way, that's what we have to do in apologetics as well, and when we evangelize oftentimes, is you have to know their religion, know their belief, know what it is that they're, they're doing. We have to know how they define them, because there are many groups out there that will call themselves Christian, that will say they love Jesus, but the Jesus that they love is the New Age Jesus, the Gnostic Jesus, the Mormon Jesus, the spirit brother of Satan, or the Catholic Jesus who sits on the, sits on the, you know, the lap of Mary who they deify, and, and many other things. We got to know, hey, is your Jesus the biblical Jesus? And let's look at that. And they'll use other terms and words, and we have to know what they mean by those. And so Paul knows very well what the other Jews know. And he's going to say, yeah, I know you've been taught this. I know you've been, you've, you've learned this, but this is actually what is true. This is actually the word of God. And he'll go into discussion like that. I can just imagine, you know, being in that environment where he's talking and dialoguing with them 
and they're going back and forth, but he's, he's trying to explain to them about the messianic kingdom there, the kingdom of God, how it, um, you know, how it had not yet been set up, even though Jesus is the Messiah. Because there was a misunderstanding that when the Messiah came, he would set up the millennium kingdom. He would set up that messianic kingdom. But he didn't because they didn't understand that there was going to be one Messiah and two comings. In the first coming, he would come as the son of Joseph, the suffering servant, and die on the cross and be betrayed by his brethren and by his own. And the second coming, he would coming, he would not come as a lamb. He would come as a lion and he would come with judgment. And and so forth. They didn't real, uh, really understand that. Even the apostles had trouble understanding that until they got more mature in the word of God, and it was revealed to them. But that's what Paul here is explaining. He's trying to reason with them with their intellect and get them persuaded. Now, let's look a little further in verse 9 of Acts 19. But when diverse were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of the way, Before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. So this is the the Greek lecture hall that he's going to be in there. And he's separating himself from them. So at some point in those three months of going back and forth, the listeners were hardened and they became disobedient and unbelieving. And so he withdrew and he departed from them. And now he's going to have a ministry in the Greek lecture hall. And he goes on to teach there for a a good little while. And this is where we would see things like the epistle of 1st and 2nd Corinthians happening and so on. But the point of this episode and what I want you to really get from this is to understand the emphasis of teaching in the scripture. So often today, we'll just have sermons We'll hear sermons, and they can be convicting, and and we need to be convicted sometimes. But the reality is, is a pastor needs to be teaching. He needs to be teaching believers how to be students as well. He needs to equip them with the tools and resources so that they can grow in their discernment, not so they can rely on him and his discernment, not so that they can always have to come to him as their as their guru of truth. But a pastor knows that. He needs to look after the sheep, but also help them mature in Christ, help them to grow in Christ. Never make the mistake of believing that a teacher is somebody who knows more than you. Now, a teacher needs to know very well the Word of God. He needs to have studied through the entire Bible before sitting at a pulpit. But a teacher is not somebody who knows more than you. A teacher is somebody who is given the grace by the Holy Spirit to be able to divide the Word of God in such a way that it's easily digestible that it's easily understood, and that he breaks it up so that you can begin to grow in a knowledge of God's word and begin to put the pieces together for yourself. That's what a teacher needs to be able to do. So when it comes to God's word, I want to encourage you to actually get involved into a study. Study verse by verse the scripture. A great place to start is going to be on our YouTube channel, Philippians 1-9 Ministries, and check out our Acts study going from chapter 1 all the way to the end, verse by verse. And we call out the New Apostolic Reformation heresies. We call out the Hebrew Roots heresies as we see them coming about. And it's going to be one of those studies that's just going to really bring the book of Acts to life. Now, we do this as well in our course on the Gospels. So if you're listening to this and you're in the online Bible college, we have a course in there on the Gospels, and we go chronologically through the four Gospels, 
following the life and ministry of Jesus in chronological order. It's completely mind-blowing if you've not done that yet. You just you begin to understand why Jesus did what he did, why he started speaking in parables when he did, why he said the things he did, who he was talking to, and so on. So that's a very uh, good place to start if you're in the online Bible college. If you've never heard of the online Bible college yet, maybe you're new to listening to this podcast, head on over to our website, philippians19.org forward slash enroll. And you'll see there an entire description of the online Bible college when the next enrollment opens. And you'll see uh, all sorts of information, student reviews, and we just go into a ton of detail what's available, different programs of study, the numerous courses, the 600 plus lessons available already, and, and being able to graduate with a certificate of achievement and all the different things about the online Bible college. So certainly go check that out, philippians19.org forward slash enroll. All right, my brothers and sisters, this is going to be a shorter episode today, but I hope it encourages you and I hope it it just, you know, gets you wanting to study God's word more, gets you into God's word more. We're all going to have seasons and we're going to have seasons where we study more and seasons where we're not able to study as much because life gets busy. Can I get an amen? Life gets busy, but that's okay. Life gets busy. We know it does. God knows it gets busy. But what we want to do is really try to create habits of getting into the Word of God and to really make that a priority, make that a time in our life, in our day, in our week, where we protect it, defend that time. So, you know, listen, I got, I have to spend some time in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening or all three times. I need to spend that time in God's Word and in prayer. I need to do that. And God will bless you as you try and as you do more. If all you have right now is five or 10 minutes, then use that five or 10 minutes. And if you're responsible with that, God will give you more time. That's just how it works. So I encourage you, if you're feeling like you're burnt out and you're just having, you know, relationship struggles, whether you feel like it's a relationship with God or with, you know, your spouse or with your children or other people in your life. And that's giving you that element of just feeling very alone or just like you're stuck in a rut. I want you to take that as an opportunity to just spend more time with God and his word in this season and get into it and learn. And it's okay to learn from teachers. Test your teachers. Don't just trust them because they call themselves a teacher or they have a backing of a ministry or a denomination behind them. Don't just do that. Only trust what you see the Holy Spirit doing and saying in a man and as long as it conforms to the written word of God. That's always our test. And so that should always be. All right, my friends. Well, until next time, press on in Jesus, get into a studying of God's word. And remember, at the end of the day, we have a responsibility to be responsible for getting into God's word, sharing the truth with others, and staying prayerful throughout. Until next time, we'll talk again soon.